Welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. I am Pastor Dave Kane with John Whitaker. Hello, John. Howdy. Howdy. Well, we are in uh, 1 John. We're going to do a little sermon review. Uh, instead of reading the whole thing, it's a little bit longer passage. I'm just going to kind of read sections, and then maybe we can kind of talk about it. Um, so I'm going to start in 1 John 2, uh, 28 and 29. Um, God's Word says, And now, little children, abide in him. So that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. And I frame this kind of like confident or fearful, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, obviously, the, the two-chair analogy, like choose one, right? There's kind of two sides. I guess when you were hearing it, when you were thinking about this idea of being confident or, or you know, fearful, shrinking back, well, what kind of came to your mind? What image came to your mind? Uh, so you're asking me the yeah, question. Yeah, <laughs> you turn the tables like, off me. Turn, turn the tables <laughs> off. We're ready for it. Uh, I was not. Uh, yeah, uh, I like the. Uh, can you repeat the question? Yeah. So when just what uh, image yeah, is that the idea of, well, yeah, just, I mean, what comes to your mind when you think of being confident or shrinking back and it's coming? Yeah, it was very helpful. I think especially with your opening illustration, because uh, I wrote down a quote. This is a. Uh, Give ourselves to it. Commitment is key. And the chair, I thought it was a great illustration. And this kind of two choices. And kind of went through each point. And confident, fearful. And just, um, yeah, I thought it was a great illustration of if you were to see Jesus today. Or if he was to come back, what would your reaction be? And in your heart, are you? what's your honest first reaction? Yeah. And I think you kind of pinned it really well is when we aren't joyful when we aren't rejoicing that we will see christ it's because of sin sin is that catalyst that causes that shame that fear of it's that wall that hindrance that christ wouldn't want me or if, not that he wouldn't want me but his wrath is waiting for me because we feel guilty and shame yeah we could i could go on gone back to genesis chapter three right so yeah. adam and eve sinned right and what do they do so they were walking with god at the cool of the day they sinned and then they hid from the lord mm-hmm. right so god came back and he looked for them yeah and they didn't come to him mm-hmm. but they hid from him and i think that's the idea of shrinking back and then, mm-hmm. then, then took a lot of images for there but i think the honest thing is is that you know i think there's not many people who are thinking about christ's return mm-hmm. right um and it's all over the new testament right yeah even here John thinks it's going to come soon. Right. Right. I mean, he's thinking that there's going to be a, the Lord's going to come back. And are you ready? You know, I mean, if you just read through the parables yeah. that Jesus shares, how many are about Jesus? Okay. Bible quiz. Right? Oh, boy. Here we oh, go. Okay. Just name some parables that have that emphasis of someone returning. Okay. Um, you have the. Uh, Parable of the the vineyard, right, or the vineyard sending people yeah, out, keep yeah. on sending, and then we finally send his son. Yeah, he has the um, the the harvest where the the wheat and the chaff, right? And the angels come. Just yeah. Same with the um, great net, right? The angels, you know, between the two. Yeah. Uh, and you used to have kind of ones that are impl- implicit. You have like Jesus with in Matthew when he talks about the. Uh, giving each one their wages at the end where yeah. he calls the manager and he says, pay each one what they owe. So yeah. yeah so you, you see, you see it's, it's all over the Bible right. of Christ's return. Right. And I still think as Christians, we think about it enough. Hmm. And then I do a lot of funerals and I think that there's a, there's a sense that people are just going to assume that when 
they yeah. either, when they die, that they're going to be okay. Yeah. And that just scares me. Obviously, because of Matthew 7, right? Right. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That word lawlessness is in Matthew mm-hmm. and it's in John. Yeah. Right? So that connection kind of really should awaken our, our spirits, I think. You said something really interesting about that text. You said Sermon on the Mount is the greatest sermon recorded. Is it? It's because the book of Matthew is the best <laughs> gospel. <laughs> I think it's just the greatest you may, you may call it the Sermon on the Plain is very similar, but I just think the Sermon on the Mount is the greatest sermon ever uh, recorded. You, you had a... Um, also, a great quote by Flavel, right? Yes. The hardest part of coming to Christ is winning the heart. The hardest part after conversion is um, keeping the heart. Is there maybe that, when you came across that, or, you know, what Yeah, was... so Flavel wrote a great little book called Keeping the Heart, yeah. um, A Saint Indeed. You know, how, how, how does a saint keep their heart in God? And I think that's what happens. I mean, you, John is focusing on that this whole entire time. Mm-hmm. Abide in him. Keep with him. Stay with him. Remain. Jesus talks often about it. Mm-hmm. I just think that our hearts are want to go back to the world. I mean, mm-hmm. look at the book of Hebrews, right? I mean, the whole book is like, don't go back to Judaism, mm-hmm. right? Stay with Christ, right? Let us, yeah. you know, let us look to the author, author and finish of our faith. Uh, let's run our race with perseverance. Mm-hmm. Let's finish the course. So I, I, I just think that there's um, our hearts. We don't do enough heart work, huh. and I think that too often we get kind of lulled asleep, yeah. become complacent, uh, and we don't grow, right? Because yeah. we're not thinking about Christ's return. You know. Yeah, I think. Um... You talk about doing hard work, and I think something you emphasize a lot, and here you emphasize is singing. And I mean, we sing as a church, but also singing as like individuals, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a great hymn that kind of addresses this kind of wandering is to "Come Thou Fount." Oh. And, and our church sings it really loud. You hear it like, "Prone to wander, Lord, Lord I, feel I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Yeah. Take, Take my, my heart, heart, seal it." Yeah, yeah, that's seal for that quartz above. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. I think that's what we, we all feel that inside, mm-hmm. right? And I think that especially when we have weeks when we're um, not loving the Lord, we're not pursuing Him, we're not reading our Word. You know, listen, we're, we're pastors, we're in the ministry, and there's days when it's hard for us to read our Bibles, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it's hard for us to pray, right? Mm-hmm. Just because we have we either are tired physically, or we just lack affection, mm-hmm. we're down, we're depressed, I mean, for whatever the reason. You know, so if that's mm-hmm. us, and this is our, our calling, what about just... Everybody else, right? Right, you know, and then you know it is one day becomes two, yeah. And you gotta be, you gotta be diligent, right? And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, uh, we just don't, don't, we gotta stir our hearts, mm. you know. So, um, you know, so obviously, you know, next thing I love this passage uh, three, one through three. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. So I didn't even know that sermon was by by Spurgeon, and, and uh, Rich Fluck pointed that out to me. Wonderful sermon. Just that, hmm. that Spurgeon wrote, and because uh, in in the in the Greek it just says "and we are," it doesn't have the word "so" or in the King James the "such." Hmm. And we are, or just three words, right? Hmm. We are children of God. Love that. Now, the reason why the world does not know us is that they do not know Him, beloved. We are children, God's children now, and what we will be is not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He is pure. Yeah, uh, so you had point two. Yeah, it was known and unknown. Yeah, um, and, and I had kind of two questions here. One regarding last point and this one. One, how how can we, I guess, know? Like, is our confidence, our fear? Like, Because you know there's different people, right? And they kind of lean certain ways. You have the, the kind of the sensitive conscience where they're, sure. you know, 
they would say, I'm fearful and I'm always fearful. But then you have some of you're like, kind of like you were saying, like maybe some confident and then like, maybe you shouldn't be confident. Is there maybe some wisdom you'd give to that? Yeah. I mean, a lot of, I'm not going to give like blanket statements here because there's yeah. going to be hard work. Each individual person has to mm-hmm. do their own, own, ask their own questions. Uh, but I think that if we are longing to see the Lord and mm-hmm. we're longing to please him. So if you are struggling with, you know, thinking that you're, are you honoring the Lord? You're probably a believer because right? mm-hmm. you really want to honor the Lord. Right. You know, so that's why I kind of hit that thing. I mean, if you're struggling with sin, I said that toward the end of the sermon, you're in a good place. Yeah, that's good. You know, um, yeah, so I, I think that, you know, if you're striving to pursue the Lord, you should be confident he's coming. Right. I mean, just that's, that's why I asked the question. If he comes back, are you, do you want to run to him? Yeah. Do you want to go greet your Savior? Like, listen, some of the best songs we sing end in heaven. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, we sing it tonight. Um, uh, um, you know, and on that day, Mm. Oh, you know, all oh, glory be to Christ. Uh, on that day, like it just gives me like my eyes yeah. are welling up with tears because I get to see Jesus. Yeah, you know, um, the, like, I will glory lamb, my Redeemer. Oh, the Lamb who was slain is making all things new. Oh, oh, it gets me every time. Bring it, bring it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, yeah, it's hard to say. I don't have particularly a tender conscience, mm-hmm. right? So I, I can tend to turn from sin and go back to the Lord pretty mm-hmm. quickly and just, just accept that I'm forgiven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of way, way Lord's wired me. Not everyone has that. Um, you know, so. I think that this is why I think that second, second section is that you are children of God now. Hmm. You're not all that you will be. Yeah. But when you see him, you'll be like him. Yeah. Right. Because you're seen as he is. Um, and maybe you can give some wisdom because you can't distinguish this, those who are giving themselves to sin. But then at the same time, you said we're all sinful. So maybe like how you distinguish someone giving them to sin and someone just. Maybe they have a sin they struggle with, or they find themselves like, I'm, I'm sinning. I'm a sinner. Yeah, yeah. So I think you, know, you go down to verse the 4 through um, 10. It's mm-hmm. just, we probably won't read it here, but everyone makes a practice of sinning, also practice a lot of sin is lawlessness. Uh, you know, jump down to verse um, 8. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. The devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God has appeared to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. So I think this idea of, like, this is not uniform among scholars. So mm-hmm. if you read a bunch of different commentaries, they're going to say different things about what it means by being a practice of sinning. But you have the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think that most of them will talk about habitual sin. Right? Okay. Are you giving yourself? Are you a slave to sin? Mm-hmm. Using Paul's language in Romans 6. You know, are you habitually giving yourself over and over to sin? So you mm-hmm. don't, aren't pursuing the Lord, yeah. but you look more like the world, mm. right? So, um, you know, someone is stealing and extorting from their job yeah. every week, hmm. right? So, um, and that could be like, hey, well, I'm taking money. Yeah. It could be like, I know that I'm supposed to work 40 hours, but I'm only working 30. Yeah, I'm doing it every single week. I'm lying, right? You have no conviction over that. Well, I would be worried for your soul. Right. That may not be like a very common example, right? But if you're supposed to be working and you're watching Netflix all day, yeah, right, you're sinning against God, hmm. right? You're not being you you have lack of integrity, you know. Same thing if you're if you're looking at pornography every single week and you don't have you're not getting out of it. I'd be worried for your soul. Yeah, right? there's always seasons we get followed in, we get caught. That's what sin does; it catches us. Right. right. You know, if we're everyone caught in sin, someone who's spiritual restored them gently. Galatians six one. Um, yeah, so I think if you are giving yourself, if you are identified, if your life is characterized by that particular thing, yeah. this is why I kind of went to uh, 1 Corinthians mm-hmm. and asked the questions, are you a gossip? Are yeah. you a liar? Are you angry? Like, Do people know you as that? Hmm. Because if you look through the, the Proverbs, do you not make friends with an angry man? 
right? So we'll, right. We'll, you know an angry person when you see him, yes. right? So you, you know everyone just knows an angry person or someone who's bitter. Mm-hmm. You know a bitter person, right? If you're characterized by that, the hardest part, let's just be honest, we don't see it. Mm-hmm. I'm not angry. I'm not bitter. Well, yeah, you are, right? Because yeah. we we're not training our hearts to actually listen when people give us instruction. Yeah, I think that maybe some encouragement wasn't there. If, if you're because I find this a lot, is just people are kind of confused. Am I just sinning or am I giving myself to sin? Because sin can be very confusing. Sin is deceptive. And the recommend, recommendation is talk to someone else. That's kind of why you have the body. Is they can often shed light and give you some. Because we're we have biased and we're callous and we have all these. We're, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure ourselves out. But often we need that outside. And I would just yeah encourage you to if that's you, you're, am I giving myself to sin? Ask, ask for help. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and I'll tell people all the time when I ask for counsel, I'll say, listen, I feel like I'm trying to self-justify here. Mm-hmm. Right? Make sure I'm not. Yeah. Am I, not, am I self-justifying here because this person has said this about me? Is this true? Yeah. Have, do you see this? Because um, remember, like anyone who confesses their sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. Mm-hmm. My little children, I write to you that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate for the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. You don't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think that our quest of winning the approval of other people makes us really lousy at doing the heart work because we're afraid of being found out as not having it all together. Yeah. I don't have it all together. John, you don't have it all together. That's right. <laughs> you know, so like we're, we're flawed. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you want to, do we want to keep reading? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you kind of read a little bit. Yeah, read, read a little bit. We can just kind of talk to, I mean, there's that duality. Practice of sinning, practicing righteousness. Yeah. I, I love that little thing where he says that little children, let no one deceive you. Hmm. You know, And I think that there, there's always going to be people who want to minimize sin and make it look like it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. right? And you know, I think that here's the problem. I think what someone says is not that big a deal in itself may not be a deal. May not be that big a deal. But I think it opens up the door hmm. to further sin, right? And okay. sin never tells you its end goal. Right. Right. So, um, you know, I mean, I can't, well, it's not that bad to do this. Okay. It's not that bad to go to a bar and have a couple beers. Okay. Well, maybe you have freedom in Christ. You can, yeah. you can do that, but you know what it may do? It may bring you into the bar scene. Yeah. What, what is involved in that scene? How many people are drinking? What are people wearing? The temptations that may come from that. Right, the image, the people that you may that may, may, may they meet, they don't have the same intentions that you do. So, so you, there's a there's a difference here. So you should be very very careful. There is sin is deceptive, it twists, it perverts your mind to mm-hmm. make you think it's okay. Hmm. But I mean, I guess is there a different way to look at the same scenario? Because like, well, if someone's like, you know, also don't want to be legalistic with that as well. Is there maybe? There's a tightrope you want more Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, we want to be righteous. But remember, like, righteousness is not self-righteousness. Right. right? And I think legalism is self-righteousness. Legalism okay. says, I have to do these things to earn favor with God. No. Righteousness is I have to do these things because God loves me. And I love him. Yeah. And I want to please him. Right. The, 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 the motivation of the heart is very different. Yeah. Right. At the same time, like, you need to be spared. You know? Like one of the things, like I've met a lot of people coming from independent Baptist backgrounds, is sometimes that denomination, those those churches can tend to lean legalistic, mm-hmm. and because they lean legalistic, a lot of the people in those those churches, young people especially, are saved from living lives of morality, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a strong emphasis on the law. Yeah. Or I think churches that maybe strongly emphasize grace, maybe yeah. kids are struggle more with 
immorality because it's not right. talked about enough. So yeah, this is a balance. I'm not saying you have to. You mean to push back a little bit? Push back. Like, but I think also you can have that same where it's you get stuck in a bubble, and you're not willing to go to a bar to reach the lost there because you're afraid. You know. Yeah, so why would you have to go to a bar to reach the lost? Because that's where they are. <laughs> can you only find lost people at a bar? No, but they're there. You know, says Jesus hung out with sinners and tax collectors. You know, in their did homes. Jesus go to bars? No, I mean he had parties. I don't. Right? I don't know. <laughs> he, had, he had parties. He had people with you, right? So just right. it was a friend. He texted us. He was hanging right. out with them enough to be right. identified with them, right? All, all, all for that, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that context is different, right? Yeah. So I think most things that happened in the first century are probably more communal, mm-hmm. and there may have been houses and people were gathering. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there were a lot of places at the bars that we identify with today. Right. I'm not saying we have to be legalistic here. That's not what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. But I think that we just have to be careful and understand that sin is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Right. This is probably one of the reasons why when Jesus sends out the disciples, he doesn't send them out alone. Yeah. You know, like two by two. Mm-hmm. Go back to Ecclesiastes chapter four, you know, going out of travel, pity the man who falls and doesn't even pick him up. Mm. You know, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Mm. If you are traveling, if you have someone with you, mm. you're going to be a whole lot better off. Yeah. So this is again to your point. Why we need the body? Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's a good point. Just word, prayer, fighting sin. There's no reason we need to do these things alone. It's always better with more. Yeah, and honestly, as a pastor, it's hard to preach to pastors like this because you know these are these are not like hey, you're either a child <laughs> of God or a child of the devil. You know, let me yeah. s- sign me up for that sermon. Right, but the reality is, is that I don't want people to go to hell. Right? Yeah, and I'm going to stand before God one day, and I don't want to have anyone's blood on my head, yeah. blood on my hands. Right, because I didn't tell them that they weren't going to go to. They're living in a, in a way that's false. Like, listen, and I've been really convinced in my own in my own heart right now that there are certain people right now who have, who are not fulfilling their covenant obligations to Christ. Mm-hmm. Right, and I have not said anything to them. Yeah. Right, and that grieves my heart. Right, because they think they're okay, and mm-hmm. they're not. They may not think they're okay, but I have not told them they're not okay because of how they're living. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, we read eight down. Yeah. Uh, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Um, you mentioned this earlier. Uh, you said struggling with sin is a good thing. Why is why, you know why is struggling with sin good? Well, it just, <laughs> it just means that you're fighting your flesh, right? So Peter says the same thing. You know, wage war against the desires of your flesh. Like, listen, if you are pursuing Christ, your inner demons are going to battle against you, right? The world is not going to. Just let it let loose. The, the flaming arrows of the evil one will assail, assail you. Mm. The devil will accuse you, make you feel guilty, and condemn you. We are in Christ. We battle against those things. Battle against the flesh. Battle against sin. Battle against unrighteousness. And if we're battling, we're in a good place. Mm. And I think that Romans 1, it's when God gave them up. He gave them up to their sin, right? Mm. It's because they didn't care. Right? You don't want to honor him? You want to give thanks to him? Go after your sin. See where it will lead you. Yeah. Right? But if you are struggling and you're fighting, that's yeah, a good place. Yeah. You know? It's mm, good. Uh, and you um, mentioned that Spurgeon is God is all to me. You know, that's kind of one of the things like if, if you are regenerate, right, 
he's he's everything. Uh, when did you maybe experience that for the first time? That kind of feeling of like, wow, yeah, I I love God more than anything else in the world. Yeah, I was twenty. You know, I mean, I think I think I was I understood the gospel at sixteen. I would have said maybe I was converted, maybe the seed had been sown. But at twenty, I'm like, God is the most important thing for me. You know, it wasn't like you know my 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 last two years in college that I didn't struggle with sin because I did, mm-hmm. but I was different. I read the Word of God and like I just devoured it. I started mm-hmm. memorizing Scripture, writing it on my heart, memorizing books. Mm-hmm. Like God was the most important thing in my life. Very evident, right? Mm-hmm. So people who knew me knew me knew that I loved the Lord, right? Yeah. It wasn't. I was still a young young Christian and I I kind of failed at right. times, but it was very evident that the Lord had changed me, mm-hmm. changed my friends, changed my language. Right, I used to have a sailor's mouth. Right, right, and people may not believe it, but um, I wanted to be funny. I wanted to be the guy who walked in the room and make everyone laugh. Yeah. And profanity was easy to do that, so I had to like change my whole humor mm-hmm. with my friend group. Right, um, because God was more important. Man, you don't want to have a tongue and a mouth that was def- that would profane him. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if like someone's not an emotional person? Right, you talk about you talk about the the tears coming on the cheeks is there maybe a, a proper i guess person person emotional response like because you also don't want to let people off the hook like maybe your heart is becoming callous towards god but also maybe you're just you know not an emotional person yeah you know? i mean everyone expresses i think everyone is an emotional person right how what that emotion looks like is different mm-hmm. right the emotion may be may somber right mm-hmm. the emotion may be extravagant you know we can never ever express his emotion different. we're all emotional beings mm-hmm. uh, I think the, the scale of emotions may be different yep. some people swing wide right <laughs> um, so yeah there's not about like you have to have visible expressions of that emotion right, right? some people are the most move uh, when even what Keith said tonight in Acts 10 they were silent or in Acts 11 like they heard that God saves Gentiles mm-hmm. and they were silent yeah that's an emotional response yeah right some people have emotional response by crying. Some people by shouting, you know. Um, but you should have an emotional response to truth, right? If you are unmoved mm-hmm. by the truth of the gospel, that God has called you His child, when you are an, an enemy and a rebel, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, my heart breaks for you because mm-hmm. that God loves you. Now that's not going to move you every single time, right? Because if you hear it enough, sometimes it just sometimes it comes back around to us. So we have to meditate on it. We have to think about it. We have mm-hmm. to slow down in, in our days so that we can hear things and, and digest them. So, um, Any closing thoughts for the church or maybe a practical application for the week? They can, you know, something they can do, take home and do? Yeah, I mean, I'd say practically, if you're struggling with sin, tell someone about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Come come to me. Come to one of the elders. We'd be happy to talk to you about it so that we can, we can do that. Um, uh, number two, what's one way that you can practice righteousness this week, right? And so if you're making a practice of sinning, just try to make a practice of righteousness, right? Yeah. Restart reading through the Bible, mm-hmm. read, reading plan. Come to church, right? You know, maybe come to a Wednesday night service, right? Just add something to your gender. Helen Loveless, what a sweet, sweet, godly lady, right? She said Lillian Huffstedler, right, who was her neighbor, uh, asked her, to start coming to Wednesday night services, right? Hmm. Now, Helen is in is 87, I think. And she started coming to Wednesday night services when she was in her 40s, I think. Hmm. Right? So 40 years. Why? Because Lillian Huffstedler said, you need to start coming to Wednesday night services. <laughs> and she said, I told her I'm too busy. I can't make it. Right. right? 
And she said, you know what? I said, I'm, I'm going to come. I, and listen, I have learned so much on Wednesday night and mm. so much fellowship. I mean, just think about how different my life is because the Lord is my number one priority mm. right? by a friend encouraging her. So you're not too busy, right, um, to, to prioritize the Lord, right? Yeah. You, you need to change your business mm. and put your heart to work. You know, I'm, I'm Lord. I'm sorry. Amen. Why don't you pray for us, friend? Uh, Heavenly Father, we just pray, Lord, that your word would sink deep into us, that we would meditate on it, Lord, day and night, that your spirit would bring about conviction of sin and encouraging encouragement, Lord, to walk and to trust Christ, Lord. And I pray, Father, for us as a body, Lord, that we would lean into the body, that the hand would use the feet, that the ears would use the mouth, Lord, and uh, that we would lean into one another, Father, that we would not have to feel like we have to fight sin alone. You have graciously given us uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. And we pray, Father, you would just stir us on. You move our affections to want to fight sin and also to cling to Christ, knowing that we will get to spend eternity with him. We thank you, Father, for his death and resurrection, Lord, that our fight against sin and our pursuit of righteousness is not in vain, but one day we will see him face to face. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.